KBLA Talk 1580. Yes, indeed, what it feels like around here. Feeling kind of good. I am so excited to have in studio this morning assembly member from the 55th district. Um, he represents Baldwin Hills, Crenshaw, Culver City, Ladera Heights, Mar Vista, Del Rey, Pico, Robertson, Beverly Grove, Mid Wilshire, and much, much more. He's the chair of the Committee on Natural Resources and uh, also chair of the Assembly's First Select Committee on Poverty and Economic Inclusion. Assembly member Isaac Bryan, welcome. Thank you, Dominique. Thank you for having me. And he's live in the studio, so, um, you know, hop in on the YouTubes, YouTube, KBLA 1580, if you want to see us live and in person. Of course, we're going to start with the party. That's where I, st- where I started this morning, um, talking about all the festivities that are going on uh, in various districts uh, because of the holidays, and yours is no exception. Yeah, absolutely. I've been to uh, a, a lot of Hanukkah celebrations and menorah lightings. Tonight will be the, the seventh night of Hanukkah, but this Sunday... In Lamert Park, literally in the park, we're doing our annual Christmas in the park. That's our third year in a row. We're going to have child care supplies, toys, food, um, health screening, Santa, sledding, ice skating, whatever you need, we're going to have it. So come through uh, and, and make sure you've got what you need to fill your holidays with joy. I mean, the thing about that is the actual park, I didn't realize the, the park itself, you can't sell anything there, right? So Correct. that means everything is free. That means everything is free, <laughs> including uh, music by, by my brother, DJ Quest. Oh, so nice. we'll, have, uh, we'll have good vibes and a good time. Yeah. And um, this is kind of a community effort, right? I mean, the people come together, they donate toys, they wrap toys. They, um, I think I'm supposed to be wrapping toys uh, <laughs> on Friday <laughs> to help out on Sunday. It's, it's really a group effort, right? That's right. Um, you know, at the, at the Center for Black Power right there on the corner, we're going to be wrapping toys from Wednesday to Saturday. We have that many toys. I want to give a shout wow. out uh, to Russell Westbrook and the Why Not Foundation for supplying us with a thousand toys. Um, it took uh, Council District 10, Heather Hutt, giving us the permits to allow us to be in the park. Uh, Congresswoman Sydney Comlager is going to come through. Supervisor Mitchell, of course, is always supported. Uh, and the great Diane Watson has never missed a Christmas in the park. It's really a, a special day for our whole community. It's amazing. Well, I'm excited I get to go uh, this year. I'm looking forward to it. What is the timeline on Xmas in the park? It is going to be from 11 to 2. 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. <sighs> Big things going on in the state of California, as usual. Um, you had a productive year. Yeah. Yeah. What are you what are you like gloating about the most right now <laughs> that you were able to accomplish policy wise? You know, there, there, are, there are three pieces of legislation that that really, you know, make me feel like we did something that mattered. One, we found an old education fund that was being misused that had no impact for students. And so we reconverted it to become a scholarship for students who are transferring to HBCUs from our community colleges. So now if you are in community college and you're going to transfer to an HBCU, you can apply for this $5,000 scholarship just because. And it didn't cost us any new taxes or any new money. We just looked at the budget. We saw waste. We reshaped it. and We made it positive for black folks. Um, we also... Well, we've got to drill down on that a little <laughs> before you move on to your other two because I saw that and I was... I didn't At first, I didn't know it was coming from you. And I'm like, this is so dope because we don't have an HBCU here. That's right. And a lot of California students do end up going, but you have a little disadvantage because you're going all the way across the country, which means, you know, it's expensive. That's right. Um, so, that, so how does a person connect to that, you know, to that resource? All you have to do is, is apply uh, through your FAFSA. Uh, and through your university, through your financial aid department, the money is there. Um, it's ready. 
the uh, the other interesting thing about it is it was a you know a mild fight in the legislature. I turned it into becoming a, <laughs> a bipartisan thing. But whenever you try to do something for black folks, uh, you get a little bit of pushback. And one of the things was, well, why are we sending California kids out of state? Right. And I said, well, you know, for black students, the HBCUs are much more than just an institution of higher learning. It's a, it's a real um, cultural uh, transformation that happens. And when you bring that back home. Uh, it's one of the most powerful things that you could have. And somebody said, well, give give me one example of that. And I said, well, how about the vice president? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and the examples go on and on. There's a whole Howard Wood, a Hollywood organization of Howard graduates. I mean, That's there's right. a whole, I didn't get to go to an HBCU, um, but my all my brothers did and, and, you know, my sisters. So I get it. It's, but it isn't, you know, everybody can't go to CDU. That's and that's right. the only thing we have that's close to an HBCU. That's right. And, you know, we like we like to joke that Cal State Dominguez Hills is on the cusp. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but this is a this is for real money for for students who need it um, to to go and make a difference in the world. I mean, it's is it a little bit of a pushback to like a um, to the affirmative action move? Like, okay, you you you're not going to get any love on affirmative action. We're going to boost bolster these HBCUs. That that was my thinking because the HBCUs accept everybody. They yeah. do, and so can't you know, say it's affirmative. We sent it. We I believe this money will disproportionately impact Black folks, but that's really between applicants and the HBCU. Right, exactly. Love that. Okay, sorry, I I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I was just really excited about that. And sometimes I think it's good to start with great news because we need encouragement around here sometimes we do and, and it, it's important to know what your folks are doing in the state legislature right often our yep. work is is unseen and unheard so we don't get the pushback uh, that the city council does but we also don't you know we don't have people who know the impact that we're making or trying to make um, another really big thing that we did this year it was a two-year effort and we, we solved a problem dominique we didn't just fix it <laughs> and, and move the can uh down the road we solved it and here's what it was uh, if you lost custody of your children to the child welfare system, you used to get hit with a fee. It was like child support to the county for having your children now. It was terrible. Yeah, I remember. Trying... I remember because we talked about this when you were thinking about trying to fix it. That's right. And we we took uh, the first step where we stopped that practice of charging parents for the children's time in foster care. And we got that signed into law. And then this last year, we said, you know what? Let's go clear all the outstanding debt, too, because we're spending more money trying to collect this money from struggling families then we're getting back for every dollar we spend in enforcement we're only getting 27 cents back so let's just wipe the whole slate clean let's stop hitting folks credit uh, let's stop uh charging them for their children's struggles let's let's stop that and we we cleared 400 million dollars in debt from struggling families this year wow that's a lot of debt i mean these are the things that become obstacles to people moving on with their lives right because if you have this bill coming to you from the county now you can't rent another apartment because your credit is jacked or now you can't uh get an opportunity you know an educational opportunity and i i i where does that focus for you come from i mean i i'm guessing it comes from your own experiences um as a young person but you know those kinds of problems are problems that most of us wouldn't even be aware of yeah so i wasn't raised by my biological mother or father um because of poverty, because of struggle, uh, because of violence in the community I was born into. Um, and in my adoptive family, they were foster parents for 26 years. They adopted nine of us. Um, I had you know, more foster siblings uh, than I can count. I remember all of them. Uh, I think over really? 200 came through the house, uh, all with a different story, a different need, a different impact, a different relation to their, to their origin stories and their biological families. And so you, you see some of these gaps in the system. And when you see them, you can't unsee them. And for me, 
um, that's turned into a call to action. Now that I'm in a position where I can do something about it, I'm going to do everything I can. I mean, I, I, I bring that up because I think that that is why we need diverse people. You know, age-wise, you're a younger guy in the assembly, um, you know, background-wise. You know, why I always want to see more mamas, because we can look and say, that doesn't make any sense, and I already dealt with that, and I know why it's terrible. Um, And so, you know, those are real fixes, real solutions. Why are we criminalizing people who are trying to get their lives together through debt? That doesn't make any sense. Right. All all it does is, is it makes the conditions of poverty even worse. Yeah. Well, congratulations on that. We'll get to your third policy uh, item. Uh, Gloat. I asked you to gloat and we'll gloat with you when we come forward. Uh, If you want to talk with Assembly Member Isaac Bryan, he's always very accessible. 800-920-1580. Appreciate that you always come and hang out with us live in Lemur Park. We are KBLA Talk 1580. Happy Kwanzaa from Unapologetically Progressive KBLA Talk 1580. Thanks for waking up with Dominique DePrima on KBLA Talk 1580. Isaac Bryan is my guest. He's uh, the assembly person for the 55th District. And don't forget, Sunday, Xmas in the Park, coming up from 11 to 2 inside the actual park of Lamert Park That's right. in uh, South L.A. So you said you had top three things you were feeling good about from 2023, and we are on number three. So the, the third one is is. Kind of a wonky one, but it's really, really important. And it was changing the referendum ballot for the first time in 115 years. When we pass a law in the state legislature, there's an opportunity for the general public um, to weigh in and overturn it or to affirm it. But the problem is the way that you are asked on your ballot, whether you support the law or not, is a a double negative. The no means yes. The yes means no. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, And so special interests have used that confusion to undo progress for communities of color in the state legislature. And so I said, you know, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of you confusing our folks. We're going to rework the ballot and we're going to ask the question really plainly, keep the law or overturn the law. That way the everyday person understands what their vote means and you can't spend tens of millions of dollars to convince people to vote against their own self-interest because they weren't sure what the yes or no means. Again, it's really wonky, but it's going to have a lasting impact on our ability to keep the change we make. I mean, you say it's really wonky, but we actually were talking about this on the show because one of the things people complain about all the time is that the propositions are confusing and they are intentionally confusing to make you vote what you didn't think you were voting. I remember going all the way to Prop 209 where we eliminate, uh, you know, affirmative action in the state of California. If you I don't I can't remember exactly what the name of it was, but it was a something civil rights, blah, blah, blah. So you felt like you were voting for civil rights, but you were really voting against civil rights. And so this keep the bill, overturn the bill that applies to anything that we passed that's trying to be overturned, which happens a lot. Yeah, for, I'll give you an example that's happening right now that'll be on your ballot. And this is what inspired me to do it. We have the largest urban oil field in the country. Right here in Los Angeles, the Baldwin Hills Inglewood oil field, you see it driving down La Cienega. Uh, it almost doesn't look real. But the people who live around it, they die sooner. They get higher rates of heart conditions. They have higher asthma rates. So we passed a bill that said no more new oil drilling within 3,200 feet of our homes, of our schools, of our hospitals, etc. And Big Oil said, okay, bet, we're going to put up $20 million immediately to try to overturn this law and send it back to the voters, confuse them to vote against their own self-interest. And when I saw that they were going to abuse this process, 
I decided let's go ahead and clean up the process. And so that's what led to this transition. But that big oil example is just one of many, many games that's been played by a special interest that's been trying to do harm through the referendum process. And that's a really good example because now when I see it, I'll know that I'm either overturning the bill. Correct. That was meant to protect me from oil fields. Or, or keeping the bill. Or exactly. keeping the bill the way we, uh, the voters, elected you to enact it and the governor signed it already right and and the worst part about the referendum process is it puts the law on pause for two years yeah while while it goes back to the voters so all of the good it could be doing during that time is lost so does that mean that even if the vote occurs prior to that two years it's still suspended for the full two years if it goes on the referendum ballot it doesn't go on the ballot for two years so there's no vote of the people until the next general election so it can be voted on prior to i mean i remember you know this the fast food workers um, is is another example of this where we vote for protections for fast food workers and raises and whatnot and then here comes the franchises or the industry itself coming in and saying no we want to challenge this and then people don't even know what they're voting on does that um bill do anything to make other titles less confusing that are not specifically overturning referendums it it doesn't but it did do another thing uh, to referendums specifically for the intentions of impacting the fast food conversation previously there was no mechanism for the proponents to pull back their referendum So if the governor had signed a law and you wanted to overturn it, you got the signatures, but then you changed your mind during that two-year process. Right. Somebody made a deal. Yeah. There's a a legislative fix that's gone into place. Okay. Let's go with that. Um, (laughs) You couldn't pull it back. And so we put in language that allows you to pull it back. You can pull back ballot measures, but you can't pull back referendums. So we copied the same language Mm. from the ballot measures for referendums, and we actually got the fast food worker one to get pulled. Yeah. So the voters won't have to vote on that again. We've already decided on these protections. We've already decided we're going to raise the wages uh, to $20 an hour by April this year. Uh, and that's the law, period. There's no referendum. And anymore. there was uh, what you call a legislative fix, right, in terms of the fact that um, there was a, a different board that was put into place um, that was an old board, speaking of wonky, uh, to help mitigate those conflicts between the fast food workers and their employers so that they felt better about the whole deal, right? Yeah, I mean, basically, you know, you offer something reasonable, right? uh, a food council and and the potential for a pay raise. They say, no, that's too far. So you go even further fighting for people on the margins. You take it to the extreme. And once they realize that you mean business, that you really are going to fight for a thriving wage for folks, that you really are going to make sure that they are protected and have safe working conditions, then they're willing to settle anywhere from the extreme to the original starting point. Mm. And I think that's part of the legislative dance, but you can't have those conversations if there's not a mechanism for them to go, hey, our bad, we care about our workers. (laughs) We didn't mean that. Right, right. (laughs) Right. But also the thing about um, being able to pull back a referendum, that's actually important too, because it means that if there is a legislative fix or you can come up with a compromise i mean it it gives the opportunity um to avoid disaster by having something on the ballot that shouldn't be there and most importantly it saves taxpayers money anything we put on the ballot anything you need an election for costs the state uh, millions of dollars and that's a fight that we don't have to have now yeah, I think that's that's true. We're hearing so much about, you know, going from relatively flush times during COVID, which sounds ironic, but budgetary wise to um, being in deficit here now. 
Um, and and I and we know that this tends to impact, you know, black communities first, Latina communities first. Um, what are you anticipating as far as the contraction that we're going that we're going to be facing in the year ahead? Yeah, I think um, you called it an irony, and I think if you, if we take a step back, we we actually see that it makes a lot of sense. We got federal resources during the pandemic that we had never had before, right? Yeah. And that helped boost us up to a $100 billion surplus. But the good news is we took a third of that surplus and we put it away. Rainy day fund, savings account. So we're $68 billion in the hole, but we've got over $30 billion sitting on the sidelines. We've got you know, $90 billion cash on hand. We've got an opportunity to be flexible. We also have a new budget chair. Some remember Jesse Gabriel from Los Angeles, um, first LA budget chair in, in many, many years. And so um, he and I are in close conversation. Um, Speaker and I are in conversation. People want to protect working families. People want to protect folks on the margins. People want to make sure uh, that the everyday folks who are relying on government to work for them, to improve the conditions of life, um, to, to find that stability that's often so hard to find, that we don't let that fall through during a tough economic time. And so it's going to take a lot of creativity. It's going to take um, some loud voices, some strong advocates, but you have one right here in the 55th Assembly District. Yeah, and I think um, it's helpful, you know, for... Hopefully KBLA can play a role in that so we can pick our battles because it seems to me that these are the times when folks use the budget as an excuse to cut things that they already wanted to cut that benefit our community, particularly when it comes to um, programs for black and Latina people and, uh, having an advocate, having what we call would consider a progressive lawmaker like yourself, then we have to know how do we support you in fighting for us. Well, you you allow me to come back on the show and talk to folks as often as possible. Open people, door policy. People need to know what's going on. It happens Absolutely. so fast. It happens in Sacramento. Um, but I try to move with, with transparency and with openness and with community. Um, we're in these fights together, and we've got to make sure we protect our child care money. We've got to make sure we protect our education dollars. We've got to make sure we protect our, our cow works, our cow fresh. We've got to make sure we protect the things that people – people are desperately relying on to get through the month. And so I'm focused on those efforts. I think there's a lot of, you know, overspending and systems of harm, right? We, we, we never seem to cut from our, our prison budget, which is yeah. $18 billion a year. We never seem to cut uh, from certain infrastructures that we know exacerbate the root conditions of struggle. We always cut from the things that alleviate it. And so I'm focused on that balance. I'm thinking about that balance uh, and I'm going to be fighting for that balance in Sacramento. <laughs> it's funny. Um, now we have more and more people like yourself who started out really as activists, right? And and also you're a scholar, but activists inside the system. And sometimes that's got to feel hard. It, it is. It is. It is often hard. I mean, if if you can imagine being a 31 year old black man uh, in politics, there are there are folks who often uh, don't believe in the things that you're fighting for. They don't. Uh, want to see you successful in fighting for the people that you're fighting for. They don't want to see you successful personally. They um, they misread you. They uh, they put you into the same kind of stereotypical and limiting boxes that we often put uh, other folks in. And, and I have a responsibility to break out of all of that. Um, but it's a responsibility that I take very seriously, and I work every single day to be the best legislator I can be, and that's what the people sent me to do, and that's what I'm going to keep doing. I applaud you. I'm just laughing because I, I think about – you know, if I was ever sitting in that chair, just that, you know, you would be one. 
I know I would be wanting to run up, pop off at the mouth and wanting to, you know, try to be, come on, be impatient. Let's get this done. Let's get it across the finish line. You know, and even the fact that that HBCU, um, you know, scholarship was able to be successful to me, it's amazing because people will sit here and go, well, why are you, you know, you're the assembly member for all people. You're not just the assembly member for black people. You in particular have a very diverse, very diverse um, district. And, and it's a it's a solidarity and coalition district. Right. Right. Our, mm-hmm. our, our family well a, across Los Angeles knows that if you improve the conditions of life for the folks who are the furthest at the margins, you improve the conditions of life for everybody. Uh, that's our message. That's our work. That's where we're focused on. We're focused on struggle and alleviating that struggle. And when we turn that struggle into opportunity, we all thrive. I feel like um, it's a, it is actually in itself a hopeful situation because when you look at the polarization in the country, you know, over world events, but also over events in Washington, over the upcoming election, and the fact that a district like yours, which encompasses everybody, is voting in a young, very progressive black man. I, I just feel like we have to take note of that and, and remember that the concept of coalition, the concept of um you know, solidarity is still actually functioning in the state of California. No, absolutely. And it's to me, those are the principles that Los Angeles was founded on. And, and keep in mind, you know, before this was my district, at one point it was Mayor Karen Bass's district. Right. right. And it's that same solidarity coalition that will prepare, propel her to be mayor. Um, that same kind of thinking that propelled Tom Bradley to be mayor. And it really just takes going to the places that you may be less comfortable with and, and building the relationships um, so that you can become, you know, family in all of the communities you represent. And so we do that work. Uh, we do it every single day. I'm grateful for the diversity uh, in our district. And I, and I feel like the district's grateful for me. And that means a lot. Yeah, I think the district is grateful for you. And I just, the reason I'm hammering on this is because I also believe that some African-Americans who like to call the show um, think that in order to be in coalition and be elected or move in coalition as a political organization, it means compromising your progressive ideals or compromising your blackness. And from where I sit, I don't see that happening. I still got my chain out when I go to <laughs> when I go to the West Side. I wear my pro club on in Pico, uh, on Pico Robertson as well. Um, no, I just I think when you move with authenticity and you connect with kind of the core things that make us people, um, you find that touch of humanity that connects us all. People can feel that, and once they feel that, uh, that's what we all hold on to. And so I try to deliver that for the district. I try to take that authenticity to Sacramento, and I try to move with with policy that represents those values. Talking with Assemblymember Isaac Bryan. If you're too scared to say it, put it in the chat and I'll say it. KBLA Talk 1580. She's reclaiming her time on KBLA Talk 1580. More First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. We're not for everybody, but we're for everybody. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. Uh, yes, you are. And you're right, Um I should have congratulated you if I did not do so. I wasn't saying you're right to the assemblyman. I was saying it to somebody else who's sitting in the room. If you're on YouTube, you may be wondering. That is uh, your staffer. But congratulations, Mr. Jones. Yeah. Um, congratulations. You're you're getting hitched. Yeah. That's uh, no. great news. I'm going to marry my best friend uh, in 2024. Happy news. Love that. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it, it's not an easy thing uh, being with somebody in politics. But she is a, you know, a thriving, incredible attorney in her own right. We met at UCLA back in the day, and we've just been rocking together through through thick and thin for several years. 
Yeah. And it's nice to have someone that really knows you and has your back. I, I, I'm, I imagine that as an African-American, as a black person uh, in, in the political space, you know, it comes with its own set of challenges. It does. And uh, thankfully, dating isn't one of them. No, <laughs> nobody wants to see their elected officials on hinge. Um, <laughs> thankfully, she and I, you know, we've been together since before this journey uh, and, and we were doing this journey together. So I'm real fortunate, real grateful. She knows she you know, she's not in it for the uh, the assembly title. No, and yeah. she's she not in it for the money either because <laughs> there's no retirement in this work. We retire with with good deeds. Mm, well. Yeah, we're going to work on that. Um, so you are, you know, young man. You have been in the assembly for two years. That's right. And you're not termed out for a while. Not for a, not for a long time. I got, you know, eight to ten left, depending wow. on uh, what the people choose. I mean, every two years I'm back on your ballot. Right. Uh, and every two years I'm going to fight for that vote. Um, I, You know, I think this is this is what they call a safe seat. Most of the time the, you know, if, if, if you win your first election, you can go all 12 and the community will just keep putting you back. Um, but I don't think that's the way I want to do it. I want to fight for that vote every single time. So we're going to have a campaign video coming out like it's a like it's a serious election, whether we have an opponent or not, because um, the people the people should be excited when they go to the ballot, not just going through the motions. I, I'm I'm smiling because I know you won with like 86 percent of the vote or something crazy like that last time. So, I mean, it's nice that you're humble and you don't take it for granted, but. Well, and, and, you know, you can easily find yourself on the, on the wrong side of that. If, yeah, if true you start that. you start feeling yourself instead of feeling the community, those numbers can and should flip. And so I'm going to try to stay um, rooted, stay grounded, and stay focused. I mean, it, it, it makes sense. I, Congresswoman Maxine Waters was on the show a couple weeks ago, and she announced that she's going to run for re-election. And she fights hard every time, That's and right. she wins with huge numbers. I'm like, but you're an icon. She takes no no vote for granted. So I guess it does make sense. The, the community has way too many needs for folks to get comfortable in these seats. Yeah. Um, the seat doesn't belong to me. It belongs to the people. We're so used to turnover uh, because not just term limits, but ambition, right? Um, someone called earlier saying that that Mayor Bass should run for governor. And she's <laughs> repeatedly said she doesn't want to do that. She came home to be home. And I'm sure you get that all the time. Are you going to run for governor? Or are you going to run for, you know, something else? Yeah, it, it's Congress. come up a few times um, when uh, Karen Bass announced that she was going to run for the yeah. mayoral race. I was asked if I was going to go after that Congress seat because it overlaps. We said no. Uh, Sydney Kamlager went to Congress. I was asked, are you going to go fill her Senate seat because it overlaps? And I said, no, I, I came to do this job. Um, the 10th Council District is... is uh, you know, a, a hotly contested seat that is in my neighborhood. And that's putting it mildly. Uh, and folks have asked many times, are you are you going to jump into that race? In fact, it was widely anticipated that I was for some reason. Um, I signed up to be your state assembly member. I'm going to be your state assembly member until I feel like uh, the job in this position is done. And if the people decide I need to go somewhere else, that's what I'll do. And if Lamara decides I need to go home and be with my two great Danes and her, then that's what I'll do. Um, but I'm going to serve to my best capacity while I'm here. Um, so that we can be proud of the work we've and done. And the Great Danes, do they get a vote? The, the Great Danes, <laughs> <laughs> they, they they vote through their mother. <laughs> so so no no um, campaigns outside of the assembly in the future, as far as we know right now. That's correct. I mean, yeah. that's that's for the people to decide from the body of work that we put together, and we're still building that body of work. And let's talk about endorsements. Um, the 
March election is right around the corner. And I keep saying that because I know it's going to come up and we're going to be like, wait, what? There's a ballot? Oh, no, I haven't thought about anything. But you've already started endorsing, no? I have. Uh, in the assembly? I have. Um, there there are a couple of candidates that I get really excited about. But the the most important one, uh, or the, the one that you know I spend the most time trying to help because she's such a powerful force, is Shade El-Hawahi. She's running for... Uh, Reggie Jones Sawyer's current assembly seat. It's just uh, east of me. So if you live east of Western, um, all the way down to Skid Row, downtown, you are in uh, South Central. That is the South Central seat. Um, Sade is an organizer. She's got a master's in education from Harvard. She's a foster mother. Uh, she worked at Community Coalition on 81st of Vermont for a decade. She organized the youth vote for Mayor Bass. She cares about the people. She puts the people first. She's the kind of person that I would love to serve alongside with in the legislature. So if we can do the work that we need to do to put another young black leader in, uh, that's what you know. That's what this moment is calling for us. She was on the show last week, um, and I got you know a chance to talk to her. If you missed it, find it where you find your podcast. Um, but for some progressives, it's it's a little. You know, because because um, Baba Achilles because Achilles running, yeah, Black Lives Matter. You know, it's, what's funny about that is is it's less contentious between the two of them, from what I hear. Yeah, in fact, uh, Baba Achilles was one of her organizing teachers back in the day. Right, and like, I think they had lunch the other day and some kumbaya moment. Nevertheless, I'm sure he asked for your endorsement. Um, he did, uh, but we also Baba Achilles is a. He is a big supporter on setting the next generation up to be successful. And we could use his leadership now. We could use his leadership um, any moment at any time. But I think that doesn't mean that he wants to also stop uh, the growth of, of new leaders as well. That's that's why he's our Baba. That's why he takes care of us. And so we have a lot of love for him. And, you know, whatever he does for us is something that we need. And I'm excited that that they are in communication. Well, yeah, me too. And, uh, you know, and, and also I did talk to uh, Keeley about his, a.k.a. Baba Keeley, a.k.a. Greg Keeley, about his uh, campaign. So if you want to check that out, it is also wherever you get your podcast. And in the ever so crowded um, 10th Council District, have you endorsed? I have not. Um, mm. It's. You got one of your assembly colleagues running. I do have one of so my that's, assembly that's colleagues gonna running. So that's going to be. And that, yeah. that throws the curveball. I mean, Reggie Jones-Sawyer is running. Um you Heather know, Hutt is running. Heather and I have a history. Who is the incumbent? Um, that is is actually quite beautiful. We built an incredible relationship uh, through running against each other and then serving alongside <laughs> each other. Um, Pastor Eddie Anderson, I believe, is qualified, and we've been organizing for many, many, many years. So um, there's a lot of work to do. It, it is a historically black seat. It, it has the soul of Los Angeles and Lamarck Park. Um, and so I'm going to be watching the race. And closely. it's a very uh, another very diverse district, though. It's kind of like the city council version of your your assembly district. Right. With 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 K-Town and Lamert, it's a it's a coalition district for sure. Um, I think I'm going to watch until the primary and then yeah. get active after that. I think the yeah. community can decide better than I can. And I'm going to wait for for their first vote. Yeah. I just hope that we don't end up diluting the black vote so much that nobody black gets through uh, I in think the primary. I think that's a that's a terrifying reality that I don't want to think about. Um, okay, I'll change the subject. <laughs> We're talking with this only member. I don't think so. I think uh, Heather Hutt definitely gets through. Um, and you know, no one cares, but I endorse Heather Hutt <laughs> for CD ten. Nobody cares what I think, but and 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 I love Pastor Eddie Anderson. He's in here all the time with me. I adore him. But he's a young guy. 
No, he can run in 2020, whatever. 2020 something, 2030 something. All right. Um, we're talking with assembly member Isaac Bryan. He's invited you to a party on Sunday, and I hope you will show up. It is in the park, Xmas in the park, 11 to 2 in the actual park inside Lamert Park. And you're listening to KVLA Talk 1580. More of First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where everybody is somebody and nobody is a stranger. You belong here. 55th Assembly District um, is in the building. Isaac Bryan, our assemblyman, is here. And, um, you know, the, I guess the musical chairs and the um, ever-shifting landscape of politics is, you know, always kind of above our head as regular citizens, but it's also, it also impacts us. You know, that's why I was asking you about endorsements. I don't know if you want to, I don't know if you've endorsed uh, for Nate Hold, uh, not Nate, geez, Chris Holden. See, I, I have absolutely, in, uh, Chris Holden for supervisor. Um, I have endorsed Chris Holden. For oh, supervisor. okay. That's speaking of the musical chairs, he's running for supervisor, right? That's right. Uh, yeah. And now his seat um, is up in the assembly. Um, out in Pasadena. Yes. Yeah, I haven't jumped into that one yet. Um, yeah, you know, I've been I've been balancing uh, all the transition that's been happening in the assembly as well. Right, uh, and we've got some time. Uh, we've got the primary coming up, and then we've got uh, the the November general election. I tend to wait closer to the primary. You know, let the community start to consolidate around yeah. somebody. I think, particularly if you're an elected official, you never want to put too much weight in a neighborhood that's not yours. Because yeah, that you might makes not, sense. You might not know you might not know what's happening on the streets because you're operating in Sacramento. Makes sense. Um, how do you how do you stay in touch with, you know, your district? I mean, you do have to spend a lot of time there. Um, you know, I've talked to very selecteds about that. How do you st- keep your pulse here? I think uh, one is having a fantastic team, uh, like my man Herman Jones and others who are walking the streets when I'm in Sacramento. But uh, when I'm home, just going to places you've always gone, right? Yeah. You might just, you might, you might find me at Haran Coffee just post it up. Um, you know, South LA Cafe. You might find me on the West Side getting Primo's donuts. You might find me just just out and about in community. And I think showing up the way you always showed up before you were in office, um, and then you know, doing the traditional political infrastructure, doing your church runs, you know, going by the temples on on Wilshire, and just making sure folks have the opportunity to see you and hear you. Um, I'm on social media. I'm active. It's really me. We can talk anytime about anything. Um, we do town halls. We it's do, really you? It's really me. I always me. thought it was Herman. Well, <laughs> there's, there's two accounts. One's me, and, and you'll have to figure out which one the it is. The only reason I say that is because you're so quick. You know, anything gets tweeted about you, you either like it or retweet it. Or, I mean, you, you, you're you on it. I'm just like that for you and the KBLA fan. <laughs> oh, I got you. We got love. Okay, I appreciate that. We appreciate the love. Um, you're getting uh, Tim Cornegay is in the, in the YouTube chat, and he says, keep showing up strong for the community assembly member, Brian. Got a lot of love for you, Tim. Grateful for you, brother. So um, talk to me about the shenanigans in, um, in Sacramento. Um, you were majority leader. Now you're not. I feel like we've had traditionally this sort of black Latino alliance there in Sacramento. You know, we went from Speaker Willie Brown to Speaker Antonio Villaraigosa to Speaker Herb Wesson, almost like we were taking turns. Right. What, where are we now? Right. So you, you had uh, Antonio, Herb, you had Fabian, right. Karen. Right. Um, there's There's definitely been that kind of synergy um, we had a, a 
a very elongated speaker fight, right? For yeah. for nearly two years, I fought uh, four and side by side uh, with Robert Reeves. I flanked him. I covered his back here in Los Angeles. I covered his back in progressive spaces when they were skeptical. I, you know, uplifted his name and, and put the work in where it needed to be put in. Uh, and during the transition, you know, only a couple of spots got moved right away. Uh, and in that interim, he put me in as majority leader to hold down the, the House floor. And we had one of the smoothest end of sessions that we've had in many, many, many years. Um, but I think as we're setting up the full chessboard, as he's setting up his full chessboard, there's a recognition that California leads the world in climate change and sustainability, that we aren't just a um, a partner in innovation for the country, but really coming on the heels of COP28, we are that leader for the world. Uh, and oftentimes it's black and brown communities that are most impacted by environmental hazards. And it's black and brown uh, communities that need to benefit from the economic investments that we're making in new spaces of energy. We need those livable wage jobs. We need those good union paying jobs. And so it's it's important to have people who are uh, closest to the problems, closest to the solutions and chairing the natural resource committee, I'll still be closest to those solutions. Uh, but the speaker and I, we still program very, very closely, uh, flying up to Sacramento to see him next Tuesday, uh, just to touch base one more time before we dip out for the uh, for the holidays. And there's a lot of good work to do. Okay. You want to leave that there. And, um, you know, I, I'm looking forward to Speaker Brian, one of these you're going to get me in trouble. Don't start these that. Sessions. Oh, well, you know, I didn't say right now. You know, you're a young guy. You, know, you got time. There's a there's a decent chance that I just go home and, and raise these two dogs. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're getting married. You never know. You could be raising more than that. Um, <laughs> Assembly member Brian is our guest. And when we come forward, I, I really want you to give us um, an outlook of what you would love to see your constituents, you know, we count on you to be there for us. And I, I know that many an elected has told me over the years they could get more if we would show up. What issue do we need to be showing up for right now in pushing our state assembly, our state senate, and our governor? And if you care to, when we continue, I'd love to get you a couple words on the uh, the big debate between uh, Governor and Governor DeSatan. That's next on KBLA Talk 1580. From our heart to your heart. Happy holidays to you and the ones you love. From KBLA Talk 1580. The conversation continues right now with Dominique DePrima on First Things First. Assembly member Isaac Bryan is here. You know, first I got to ask you about the big debate. Your governor, the leader of our state, Gavin Newsom, going up against the aspiring Trump, Mr. Ron DeSantis of Florida. What do you think? I think uh, anybody who holds up a, a, a poop map in a debate <laughs> should automatically be de- disqualified to run for president of the United States. I think uh, the governor went into the lion's and I mean, he went on to Fox News without the questions in advance. DeSantis got him in advance. Um, there were a lot of rules that were broken in the debate and Newsom just kept on swinging. Yeah. Um, and so I think the the Fox News audience is probably about where they were. In the beginning, but it showed the rest of us that this man will do and go anywhere to swing for the party. I mean, yeah, you and he was also debating the moderator. Right. But some of us do better when we're under attack. I know I'm like that. You I'm, know. I'm very much like that. But they were, you know, they were selectively cherry picking the statistics. Um, PolitiFact just had right. a field day <laughs> confirming everything that, that Governor Newsom said uh, was accurate and kind of uh, disputing some of the way that some of the frames were. It was either... 
Florida versus California when it was useful. It was Florida versus all blue states when it was useful. It was California versus all red states when it was useful. And when I say useful, I mean useful to Sean Hannity's purpose. Right. And that's right. a little dishonest. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. But I, I th- for me, I thought it was a good look, although I must say it, it made me wonder if he was going to run. Not in 2028, but like right now. I mean, I've talked to the governor many times and, and what he's focused on is is promoting our democratic values and supporting um, President Biden and uh, Vice President Kamala Harris on, on their work right now. But he is a tremendous leader. We're lucky to have him in California. I'm grateful uh, for his mentorship and the ability to serve uh, alongside him. I think it's a it's a special moment what we're watching in him. In your opinion, um, what should we, the voters of your district or everyone who is within the sound of your voice, what should we be organizing around right now? Reparations. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Reparations Task Force released a report uh, this past year. Obviously, we talked earlier about the budget deficit. I'm just going to keep keep it playing with y'all folks. We're not getting checks this year. It's just not, it's, it's fiscally not possible. But right. the report had hundreds of recommendations that would get us closer um, to a world where repair and restoration has taken place um, for black folks, for descendants of slaves here in California. And so every member of the Black Caucus should carry at least one bill that came from that report in my mind. And we've talked about that uh, as a caucus. And so expect a reparations package uh, to come forth. I know that I'm going to be carrying a couple of them. Um, and uh, I'll let you know what those are as we get closer to, to January and February. But we've got to keep we've got to keep this progress going. We've got to remind folks that we are still so far from parity. We're so far from equity. We're so far um, from restoration. That's got to stay the focus in the community until we have. It. Yeah, I think it's a great point. We're now doing Freedman Fridays every Friday in seven o'clock hour here. Uh, Attorney Camilla Moore will be on with us Friday. And it's exactly that keeping the momentum going. So I thank you for, for doing that. Um, and tell us where we can keep up with you. <laughs> you can, you can follow me online at, uh, IB2 underscore real. Um, or uh, you can just catch me in these streets. You can definitely catch me in Lamert Park this Sunday from 11 to 2, uh, giving out toys, food, uh, clothing, anything that you need. Excellent. Uh, Assembly member Isaac Bryant, so glad you could come in. Always, always good to be with you. I appreciate you. I absolutely do. Um, look, Tavis Smiley's up next. He's got an amazing lineup for you, like he always does. Please check in with us on socials while you're at IB2Real. Go to KBLA 1580. Follow, like, subscribe. Find me. I'm at Deprima Radio, D-I-P-R-I-M-A, and then radio. And um, just follow us. Get the app. All of that makes a huge difference. And I will see you at Xmas in the Park on Sunday. History is now and we are making it together. And we do that each and every day here on KBLA Talk 1580. Until tomorrow, one love.